You know, I still have a lot of questions to ask you about your past. I've given you all the answers I'm capable of. You've given me answers, all right. But they were all different. What I want to know is, out of all the stories you told me, which ones were true and which ones weren't? My dear doctor, they're all true. Even the lies? Especially the lies. Well, hello, and welcome to Tarek Noir. My name is Joe, and I'm here with my brother, Matthew, and we're here every week to recap Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Today, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 22, The Wire. The episode was written by Robert hewitt Wolf, and it was directed by Kim Friedman. So, Matthew, how did you enjoy your time in the Obsidian Order? You know, it was uh, not a bad job, actually. Yeah, a good gig. home a lot. You know, good you binnies. You don't have to go in the office. Um, they're not expecting you to do team building. That makes you, sense. You know, the coworkers aren't inviting you out to do dumb shit all, every weekend. You, you get to be very independent. Not a lot of Chili's team building dinners. No. Not a lot of Dave and Buster's hangout times. Potlucks were assumed to all be poison. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, i.e. they had raisins in their stuff. Um Hey. No, like it's a it's a good job. Good. Well, I'm 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 happy for you. Um hey, did you happen to run into uh this guy named uh shoot, what was his name? Uh Elam? Is that his name? Yeah, Elam. Did you happen to run into a guy uh named Elam when you were working there? Yeah, actually um Elam worked for me. Oh, he did. Okay. Actually, I worked for Elam. Oh, well, which one is it? Well, I'm Elam. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? No way. No, you're right. I'm not. Oh, okay. I feel like you're just saying uh, something reacting to whatever I'm saying. That's certainly possible. Okay. Well, this is this is very helpful. Um, uh, I'm glad that we're getting down to the truth of the matter. We are getting down to the truth of the matter. This is this is a really uh, a positive way to start the episode. Uh, I don't even entirely know how to like get into the episode because I'm worried that you're just going to keep doing this. Keep doing what? This is like how I'm the little sibling. Like I should be the one that's been that's doing this. Like stop repeating me thing. I'm not repeating you. Okay. Uh, so, the episode summary for today. During a disagreement with Bashir, Garrett collapses, and Bashir discovers an implant is connected to his brain. Quark discovers the source of the implant is Cardassian's Obsidian Order, a feared secret police organization which is known for its totally ruthless activities, and unfortunately, Odo was not... Um, uh, his application was rejected. He is quite sad about it. It's really funny. I knew um, multiple people who were like trying to get on uh, police forces. <laughs> there was this one dude who was like a, a churchman, a churchman, um, you know, very like worked at like a Christian college, mm-hmm. 
and uh, and stuff, and he was trying to join the police force. Over and over, they kept rejecting him on like his psyche valve. And I'm like, yo, I know someone that got kept that kept on getting rejected for their psyche. Yo, too. we got we got killer cops out here. Like, what 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 is how are you grade? How like, are what, you not getting accepted into the LAPD or the LA Sheriff's Department? Like, how what is what is so broken in your brain that even they're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> We can't take a chance on you, buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, our lawyers are past, good, just not that in this good. This past week, the LA Sheriff's uh, Department killed a man in a wheelchair. Really? Oh my god! Yeah. They said that he had a knife. Which, again, he's got a knife. Wheelchair. Like he's got a knife, and uh, they shot him, and then they killed him. When they killed him, he was on the ground crawling away on his hands and amputated legs yeah, and they shot him in the back and yeah, these people these people said no <laughs> you're too crazy to work here uh i love the shooting in the back of like oh yeah it was self-defense he had a knife it was like <laughs> a bruise a bruise which is like she had a bottle <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ speaking of in bruges i had uh in my comments for this episode uh connor the banshees of cardassia uh like this immediately reminded me of certain elements of the banshees of inisharan just like bashir being um how am i yeah how did i not remember that guy's name uh but like bashir being the colin farrell of like well he doesn't he doesn't want to have lunch with me like i don't understand why does he (laughs) want to have lunch with me <laughs> Max, yes. what's going on? Yes. And you know that for sure um Garrick's consumed with like existential matters of uh yeah. You know, like and Garrick definitely would have gone like the great lengths to be like yes. stop hanging out with me. <laughs> Although he would have yeah. done those great lengths on someone else. Oh yeah. Because, I mean he definitely you know, would have that's how he does it. Yeah, yeah, he 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 would have made it look like he did it to himself. Uh, but he absolutely did not. I'm, I'm murdering 12 people a day until you stop talking to me. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I was like trying to like not do spoilers for that movie that's been out for however long. No, but... you're good. We haven't spoiled anything. That's in the that threats in the trailer. Exactly. Oh, it is. I don't. Well, th- I never actually saw the trailer for the movie. I mean, I just watched. I, the movie. Uh, it was just the threats were in there. They didn't show anything. And I'm making threats, and these weren't even the threats that were in the trailer. So I'm saying very true. kill other people. That's very true. Okay. So you should uh, watch that movie. It's good. It's not very as, good. You know, it's very good. It's not in Bruges, but it's very good. It's better than three billboards. It's very good. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, it might win Best Picture, uh, or Tar, or everything everywhere all at once, I guess. I don't know. That's wrong podcast. <laughs> I, I don't think that anyone came here uh, wanting to get uh, best like best picture Oscar predictions from Joe and uh, Elam. Um, no, they and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the episode. I'm, I'm I'm here. I'm a man of the people. The people don't oh, want okay. this. Anywho, uh, let's talk about the episode. So uh, there's a couple things that I wanted to point out in. Uh, in the first part of this episode where I, I, I had in my notes, uh, aw, boyfriend hangout time. Uh, I Most of my notes on this episode are uh, uh, numerous references to them being in a relationship. So 
I'll just put that out there from the start. Um, but the second thing that I wanted to point out is, uh, so Bashir doesn't like the book recommendation um, that uh, that Garrett gave him. And I, I like it's hammered in a couple different points in the episode of like, we're not actually friends. We only like see each other for lunch once a week. But like book recs, like that's another layer of of their friendship. So like, you know, them doing um book recommendations and other aspects like that's 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 a friendship at the very least yeah i mean at the very least when he said they weren't friends he was like it's the classic pushing someone away right yeah but even like but even bashir like when he was talking to dax he's like you know maybe we're not friends whatever but that was like a faint you know like he was yeah, kind of downplay and, and all that. Anyways, what I wanted to point out is that um I don't know if Robert Hewitt Wolf was intending this, but like I immediately had this thought when I was listening to Bashir listing out the different reasons why he didn't like this Cardassian novel. Um, so he says that it's chronicling seven generations of a single family. My immediate immediate thought is that there were seven seasons of TNG. Uh, obviously he wouldn't know this at the time but ds9 and voyager also got seven seasons um and you know we look at the different star trek shows as a family right uh the same story over and over again tos and tng or tng borrowed a lot of the exact same plot lines from tos and ds9 would borrow from both tos and tng and void like and so on and so forth so it's kind of the same story over and over again selfless duty to the state one could argue that that's what Starfleet ideals are all about. Um, then the next generation comes along and does it all over again. Okay, literally the next generation. Like, I don't have to, you know, say that specifically. Um, and then there's more to life than serving the state, uh, which could be like an argument of uh, what DS9 is about, like showing more than just the service to the state aspect and, you know, like spending a little bit more time in the interior of the characters and like their personal lives than we do in TNG. That was my thought. I'm not going to like message Robert Hewitt Wolf or, you know, tag him on Twitter. But when I heard Bashir describing that novel, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's Star Trek. Did, did you uh, not have the same thought or are you just going to, what? How much time are you spending on uh, 4chan these days? What? Uh, you're, you're out here like, okay, so this is the, like... Uh, oh my god, that, I'm just... That, okay. Tell me that you've been at church where they've been talking about revelations without telling me. <laughs> <laughs> about okay, so, alright. So, right. So, they're talking... Like, these are, like, the, the, uh, there's beasts with eyes and wings. Those are helicopters, uh, man. Those are helicopters, Oh my bro. god. So then... And then they come through and <laughs> seven seven generations, seven seasons of Star Trek. It's not that serious. Oh my god. You're telling me it's not that serious. You're the one who's got red uh red tape everywhere, red rope. No, I just have a whiteboard that I connect to the dots. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh I thought it was pretty plain. I thought that that was quite clear. Um, I am also extremely tired uh, and underslept. So I don't know if that has contributed to it. And like in my like sleepy haze, I'm just like, oh, what is that 
<laughs> what do you mean by that though? You know, like I don't know if that's a it it made sense to me. That's all I'm gonna say. It made sense to me. All right. If anyone <laughs> listening that that was that was what you were thinking as well, feel free uh to leave a comment. That would be wonderful to validate uh my sleepy state that I'm in. That I'm the one, that, I'm the one that just, that. that's dealing with like post Tokyo jet lag, and you're oh, out here. Oh, c- calm down! You got back <laughs> a couple of days ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, uh, while they're on the promenade, while they're at the replimat trying to get some food, uh, Garrick is constantly uh, becoming more and more agitated, um, and uh, he's clearly not feeling well. Bashir is like. Uh, your pupils are dilated, you know, because I've been staring at your eyes this entire time and I, I happen to notice. Um, and uh, Garrick is just very dismissive and like, uh, no, I'm fine. And I've lost my appetite. Bye. Uh, so he leaves. D- uh, Bashir goes and helps Dax with a uh, botany issue. But unfortunately for Dax, he says, I'm a doctor, not a botanist. Uh, Kurt McCoy, have you ever heard of him? Uh, classic McCoy-ism. The, I'm a doctor, not a blank. Do you, yeah. do you see what yeah, they did yeah. there, Matthew? Uh, now that you're telling me, yes. Okay, great. Um, one comment about this conversation that, uh, Dax needs help with her plant, and of course they didn't want to pay for Keiko to be in the episode, so she's conveniently off-planet, or off-station, um, but she says that Tobin had even less luck with plants than he did with women. So the implication there is that it's not necessarily Dak, the Dax symbiote that the that is a complete fuckboy. It's just explicitly Curzon and um I don't know if I want to call Listen, the Jetsia Dax a fuckboy, but like the, the Dax symbiote's been up to some shit. Just I'm just saying. He, just because this one had bad luck with women didn't mean that he wasn't out here acting bad in the street. Like okay, he, I mean, that's fair. Been, he might have been, like, you know, a crazy incel dude, like, running up on women. You know what I mean? Like, how, do you, how do you feel if you're a symbiont and then, like, you get dropped into, like, some incel dude? It's like... Here's the thing. Uh, can you just hurry not, up and die, please? It's not the incel dude. It's also the symbiont because it's... It's a it's another person, you know what I mean? Like it's this isn't Jadzia, just Jadzia. Jadzia was way different before. Now with the symbiont, she's like a different person. Remember so like uh the da- the tax symbiont has the latent uh incel genes that uh Tobin activated by by the joining. The Dax symbionts is an inherently sexual creature. Okay, it's a sexual creature, and it's not. The Why did you have to say it like that? It's an inherently sensual. It's a sensual. Sensual. Slug. It's a sensual slug, <laughs> and Tobin just couldn't like pull his weight. Uh fair enough. Yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. Like, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so the symbiont made Tobin super horny, but Tobin made the symbiont <laughs> super uh, super like you know. Yeah, press. that's all. That's what happened. Oh God, Tobin just, just like furiously thing. like jerking off to the worst, worst stuff on the planet. Uh, ugh, gross. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, those were some dark days. 
She has to live with those memories. Oh my god! So I don't want to. I don't wouldn't want to have to live with the memories of like the six pr- people prior to me of like what they didn't, you know, didn't jerk off to. Like I don't want to know that. Um, I always think of the McGee and Me, which was a Christian <laughs> what eighties nineties. It was a McGee and Me. I don't, this this worked. It got stuck in my head. Where like uh, me. McGee's the cartoon, right? So me, uh, okay. I don't remember sure. the me character's name. So me was running around, wanted to get into this movie, and the parents were like, "No, you shouldn't see this movie. It's you know, it's bad." And then he's like, "Oh, I want to see it." And then they sneak out, and then you go see it. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's traumatized by what he's seen, and the father goes, "You know, or whatever, whatever wise man goes, you know." garbage in garbage out oh yeah i mean i remember that part you get stuck. so so the garbage in garbage out's always been stuck in my head but um you know it, it hasn't like stopped me from putting garbage in was that about porn no it was like like a super violent movie i think okay thankfully yeah. that was about a super violent movie not a super sexual movie because everyone's like really upset with super sexual movies and then you know, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, no, it was like it was seen like a Terminator Two knockoff or something. Okay, um, there is like I looked it up online, and the guy that played Nicholas Martin, which I think is the main kid, um, the picture that is like his main photo definitely looks like he's in court. Uh, I don't know why, but I, I really, really am curious um, about that, but. I, oh, speaking of really child actors, um, that yes, speaking of child actors, I was looking through something, and um, I was looking through Mad Men, and one of the Bobbies, yeah, is like a hot guy now. Oh, really? Good for him. Yeah, he's like in you know, like in like horror movies, something like you know, like low budget horror movies or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, congrats to him. Uh, I assume like the latest one, right? Maybe. Which one? What'd you say? The latest. The, uh, I don't know. the most Probably. recent. Yeah, the one that was a Planet of the Apes. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, anyways, back to the show. So uh Dax is comforting uh Bashir as he is saying, uh, you know, my boyfriend didn't want to have lunch with me. Yeah, I, gotta, I think something's I wrong. Tough news for you. Would would the first the very first lines of your couple <laughs> were about how it's widely known that julian's begging every woman that comes through he's just uh, like i, I how many oh, times yeah. have i said open relationships how many times have i said that also there is there's very much okay so one of uh um, listen i'm not saying that julian and garrick shouldn't fuck i'm just saying that they don't fuck during the series what i'm saying I'm so sorry about there was it. there was a uh story and i'm not gonna you know name explicitly who the uh person was so I, you know i don't want to screw them over in terms of Thanks. what they're working on but uh someone in my program was working on a story that involved a older man um and a younger man who is living in his house rent free uh and the younger man does sexual favors um and there was the question that when we were talking about this story of like are they in a relationship is it just like a transactional kind of relationship um i'm all i'm gonna say is maybe bashir is 
as doing favors for Garrick from time to time, including for, reading for, Cardassian novels. For what? Uh, like his replicated suits? Like, what uh, are, like he wears the same so suit every day. So that Bashir can get uh, information for his hollow novels. No. Okay. Anyways, we, hope, we already um, know that the, the Cardassian stories suck ass. Like he, he doesn't like true. he's not. But okay. he's but he is intrigued uh, uh, with the spy intrigue. He is very very he, much. He into very that. much is intrigued and likes Garrick. Absolutely. Yes, he does like Eric. He does like Eric. You're right. You know, there's plenty. Yeah, he there's does plenty like Eric. People, plenty of people I like who I don't have sex with. <laughs> I'm missing that... out, buddy. Um. Well, anyways, uh, I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna talk about it later. But uh, in this cool. scene, uh, you know, Bashir runs off. Uh, there's a cute little scene with Cisco, like the one scene that we get with Cisco. There was a later scene with Cisco later in the episode that was cut out, uh, and I read it in the script, and it was a good thing that it was cut out because it was repetitive and not really necessary. There was some fun stuff in there, but ultimately repetitive. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it's just this little exchange that you know uh, uh, Bashir was healing up Cisco essentially. Uh, and said, try not to yell at any more admirals for a while. And Cisco says, I wasn't yelling. I was expressing my feelings loudly. That was cute. That was cute. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Bashir uh, gets called to Quark's. Because uh, Quark is, uh, is like, hey, <laughs> come get your boy. Uh, and Garrick is trying to drink uh, Quark out of house and home. Or whatever the phrase is. Um and Garrick invited Bashir to his quarters so they could continue drinking more privately. Garrick was drunk off his ass. He was just trying to get more drinks. Hey, sometimes, uh, sometimes when you're drunk is when you express your true feelings. Yeah, he was not trying to have sex with uh, Buddy. He was trying to stop the <laughs> crazy headache that he had. Uh, he was that. Um, but he passes out because he was drunk. Um, and... We learn a couple things. Uh, one that he has an implant in his head. Uh, and secondly, that Odo, when he's visiting the infirmary, uh, says, I routinely monitor all of Quark's subspace communications. Bashir asks, Is that legal? Uh, and Odo, with the winkiest of winks, is like, It's in the best interest of station security. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Rough. What the hell, dude? Listen. I'm not I mean, looking like, at him. I'm not looking at him sideways the same as much as I'm looking at Bashir sideways. I'm and looking at Bashir, Cisco sideways. Well, yeah, obviously. Okay. Cisco. Yeah, no, Cisco. Uh like this is being condoned. Or not condoned. I always Cisco's, get the condone wrong. Cisco's but, got a little berry in him. You know, it's disappointing. Uh, he, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get further into the series, and he, yeah, no, does, he got, does some things. Cisco's got a little 44 in him. It's a bummer. Yeah, well, you Really know. disappointing. Uh, do you think Obama was, like, big fan of DS9 of, like, that's who I want to be when I grow up? He would have sounded cooler. Uh, yes. Yes, he would have. Anyways, uh, Odo, rough look. I mean, I think that we've probably already known this, but definitely, like... The exchange is bad in the in the script. Bashir doesn't really comment on it, which is a better look for Bashir. Um, and Odo is more like, 
don't worry, you know, kind of like pushing the issue. But like Bashir is like, hmm, I see what you did there, you know, like kind of like in on it. And that's a little gross. Um, I have a question, though. Uh, Odo was like, hey, come by, uh, come by my office around two o'clock when Quirk closes his bar. What? L- L.A. hours. It's- L.A. hours. That's but, crazy. Okay. The biggest question that I have, though, um, is like this station has to be on a minimum of, of a two shift rotation, probably a three shift rotation, right? Why is that bar not open 24-7 or 25-8 or whatever the days and hours work out to be? This is a constant uh, problem for me. I, it makes no... Like, it's a fucking bar in a casino. Like, anyone goes to Vegas, that shit's running all night and all day long. No, we've had uh, a lot of conversations about that missing third shift. So anyways, while the bar is closed, Quark tries to make a phone call to an old goal buddy, uh, which is, I guess, uh, in business. Uh, It's good to keep uh, good relations with past customers. Um, And Bashir has this comment uh, when he and Odo are watching Quark's conversation. He says, I hope you don't have one of those little bugs hidden in my quarters. And Odo just replies, should I? Gross. Like, the Patriot Act wasn't a good thing. Uh, And also, this is even before the Patriot Act. Um, Well, government surveillance has been... I mean, that's definitely been a thing for a long time. The Patriot Act wasn't like a new thing. You know, they got all kinds of paranoid movies about it um, sure i saw the conversation in the theater recently you know um but so this is this is the thing and this is why i'm more like more mad at like a bashir type than an odo type uh-huh. listen fascists are gonna fash you yes. know what i mean like that's what they do it's to be expected oh this cop like said some cop ass thing or did some cop ass thing like, yeah, they're a cop. That's what they're yeah, doing. That that checks um, out. You know, that's just what it is. But it's the idea that, like, we understand that this is fucked up. Like, the whole recording thing, whatever. Bashir makes these little smiles. Like, is that legal? Is this blah blah blah? And he's like making a little smile. Like he knows it's fucked up, but he doesn't mind that he's surveilling quirk because he feels like quirk deserves to be surveilled right he just doesn't want to be surveilled himself and it's 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 why it's why for a hundred years they've run out the same police reform bullshit that doesn't change anything because the fact of the matter is is that the majority of this country is like understands that there's going to be some like black and brown people that get fucked over in the system, but it's something that they're willing to live with because as long as it's happening to the people that they're already scared of and not happening to them, and they know right. that this isn't going to happen to them, then they're good. The thing is, it is happening to them and they're falling into that trap. You know, like if, if uh, Odo can listen in on Quark, Odo can listen in on Bashir. And if at any time they want to like, do something to you they can you know i was just thinking about like the whole cop city thing that's going on in atlanta yeah, yeah. 
they're you know gonna tear down a forest to build cop city where they're gonna train cops on urban warfare i'm sure that's not gonna be a problem for us down the road they arrested protesters and charged them with terrorism and these include like white people blah 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 and this because like be we were okay with calling things terrorism when they happened to us so the rule that they that they used to charge these people with terrorism who by the way aren't aren't accused of causing any physical harm to anybody right were were terrorism rules that were put in place in response to Dylan Roof's murders right of yeah. in Charleston and like they always get people in well you're not going to be the terrorist so you you shouldn't like you should want us to to label these things and do these things to the whatever the other is like you know so Dylan Roof murders a bunch of people and it's like well if you're going to call this terrorism why don't you call if you're going to call that terror, why don't you call this terrorism or like anything that happens to like any minority group, like someone, you know, attacks Asian people, attacks LGBT people, like whatever, then you, like, why don't you call that terrorism? And they're like, we are more than happy to call this terrorism. <laughs> and it ends up because you think that that's about the, that that's going to happen to the other person, but they can turn around and use that on you. Yeah. Just being like, Hey, uh, we didn't want like, we don't want a uh, military police. We don't want to live in a military police state. And uh, we don't want a training facility like in the middle of a protected forest. Like, I don't know. And then they're like, well, you're terrorists. Uh, Y'all just and did a terrorism. And that's the thing. We're like, you know, Julian, like, again, most Americans, most Westerners are fine with the fascism that's against the people that they're already afraid of and that they want to like they they agree with the fascism for those people they just don't want the fascism for me right and uh you know doesn't work like that buddy no as it turns out there's a, a lot of history that would suggest otherwise yeah and we're like that buddy yeah and there's uh, an assumption that the, those things are about keeping you safe when um again like uh these people aren't trying to keep you safe i'm sorry like the police aren't going to keep you safe. No. Like, like there was no. a, um the video of uh buddy breaking into Pelosi's house. Mm. And it, like it was a stare down. The cops were in the room when they beat the hell out of that man. Like they're just they just watched this dude beat the hell out of. You know what I mean? Like the the cops can't even protect like aren't able to even protect like this rich man well. You know, do you think they're coming to save you? Nah, man. Don't don't give them that power, baby. They're uh, much more after the fact kind of uh, kind of operators, not necessarily. It turns out, in yeah. The middle of the act. It turns out that like the thing, the police uh, don't work to keep you safe. Police work to keep you at your job and keep you off the street. Like, yeah, the police work for your bosses. Like, I, they started yeah. they started from police catchers and union busters. And they still are union busters. Like yes. that's that's their thing. The uh, the whole military industrial complex. They're not about like keeping you safe. They they literally sell weapons to people that you think are dangerous. Yeah, like we literally we literally give we literally give weapons to people that like then turn around and attack you. Like right. they're not trying to keep you safe from that. Like don't fall yeah. into that trap, baby boy. 
I, baby it's girl. baby people, <laughs> baby exes. Uh. It's 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 fun moving from LA and experiencing the LAPD and the LA Sheriff's Department to moving to New York and experiencing the NYPD. Um, just the consistency of useless uselessness, you know. Um, like there's been a, a massive increase in uh, cops deployed to subway stations um, in New York. Uh, they do jack all, you know. But like on the one hand, great, because uh, it's nice that they're not like fucking people up. Uh, on the other hand, it is it's uh, why? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, you know, today I saw two at two different stations. One station, um, actually, no, I think it was the same station, just different times. Like when I was leaving for school this morning, someone uh, you know went in through the emergency exit, right? You know, of uh, right. avoiding the toll, right? Um, right in front of the cops, and the cops were just like, "Yeah, whatever." Just like they didn't care. On right, the way back, to out paperwork like that. On the <laughs> way back from school, however, someone did that, and the two cops were like, "Hey, let me uh, let me talk to you for a second And they stopped him for no reason whatsoever. Just the inconsistency is wild. I I appreciate the people earlier in the morning that were just like, "Yeah, we're not interested." Um. It's, I don't know, like there was that, I think I sent you that video of um, this dude fell into the subway tracks and just like a bunch of, you know, random people were getting him out of there. Meanwhile, two cops were just standing by. One was like flashing the light to tell the train not to approach. Okay, congratulations. The second cop was, I guess, radioing something. Uh, apparently he cannot multitask and radio while also helping pull someone up or the dude with the flashlight couldn't radio while the other dude went and saved something like they they literally just were doing nothing just useless um, well on the one hand that's yeah. a good thing yeah but on the other hand why be there in the first place also the uh the nypd got 380 million dollars in ot yeah, last year. So like, yeah, that co- that costs money, and um, they're gonna spend all that money to put police down there to catch fare jumpers when you could be spending that money to make the subway system get there on time. I mean, that's a, like, you know the, what I mean. Like, like, like yeah, they, they uh, they're defunding, they're defunding libraries and overfunding the police. Like, great when, plan. When great plan. the police, it's because like. There are much better ways of keeping people safe and keeping people protected and keeping people built up and and building up communities rather than you know tearing them down in these you know jackboot fascist ways. Yeah. And you know, like 380 million dollars for overtime, and we're gonna have to like shut down libraries. Yeah. It, it's uh it's too on the nose of awful, you know, like it's just yeah. like it truly is bad writing. Um, <laughs> yes, but anyways, it's, it's car- cartoon villain shit. Yeah, it really is. Like it's Batman villain shit. Um, it's like it's the shit of comic books and stuff. Of like, hey, we need to like make this audience of like children know that this person is very obviously illegal or obviously evil. Okay, make the villain take money away from the libraries. Cool. We all know that's a bad thing. Like, except for libertarians. Well, like last week. 
Yes. Anyways. Okay. So speaking of libertarians, uh, let's get back to talking about Deep Space Nine. Um, anyways. Uh, so yeah. So uh, Quark fails to to get the biotech that he was after. Uh, turns out that trying to get that biotech is kind of like triggering the attention of the Obsidian Order, which probably is a bad idea. Um, I, I like the name, the Obsidian Order. Great, great, great stuff. Name. Uh, yep. Great name. Solid. Uh, it was originally going to be uh, the Grey Order uh, until Robert Hewitt Wolf saw that there was a Grey Council on Babylon 5. And they're like, eesh, can't really do that. Uh, and also, Obsidian uh, Order sounds way better. I mean, it really does. Um, isn't that the show that a lot of people are like, it's basically Deep Space Nine? Uh, I, can't I think it's Babylon 5. So it makes sense that they wouldn't want to like have even additional uh, similarities to Babylon 5. Anyways, whatever. Um, Bashir tries to confront Garrick uh, as to what's going on. Like he, you know, he knows about this supposed deal. Um, and he's like, just tell me the truth. So Garrick tells him the truth. Or does he? Um, he's like, hey, if you really, really want to help me, you need to know exactly what kind of monster I am, you know? Um, cool, I guess. We get this background information, which is not necessarily background information. But the interesting part was that it's uh, it's a little handy-dandy anti-torture device. Um, that he has in his head that's you know the idea is that um, if you're being tortured this releases dopamine or whatever into you or endorphins uh, so you'll never feel the pain that seems convenient so he's he's addicted to his phone well anyways uh so yeah it turns out this this whole story is about drugs <laughs> uh drugs are bad like... it's the 90s what can you do yeah oh my god so much like you shouldn't do drugs and don't don't be a follower and don't say no to drugs. Well, yeah. Um I don't know why he needs to tell you like why he's so bad in order for him to help him. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Someone yeah. who holds his cards tight to his chest doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like Yeah. Okay, like I understand that okay. they're, like they're trying to do this thing, but that doesn't like actually make you know it's like the it's like a uh uh butchered or like an altered version of the rush the rashomon thing of like three different versions of the story but it turns out none of these are true um is that what yeah, happens in rashomon com- whatever Anyways. completely unnecessary for him to do just be like yo either have him help you or don't yeah either help me or let me die like i was like let me commit suicide like i was trying to do in the, the first whole, place uh, let me tell you the story of how bad i am and then Blah blah blah, and this gets into uh, you know my thing with the episode. Do you do you want to talk about that now or when he was going through withdrawals? Oh my god! I let's save it for the withdrawals part because right. we had two very very different reactions to that scene. Um, okay, so he's a drug addict. Uh, he says a great line to to um, to to Bashir, doctor. Did anyone ever tell you that you're an infuriating pest? Uh, Chief O'Brien, all the time, but I don't pay attention to him either. To him either. I like that infuriating pest. It's cute. It's cute. Sure. Um, uh, uh, like before we walk away from the story thing, like this, the the whole conceit with the story is like we're supposed to be like, oh my god, Cardassians did horrible things during the occupation. 
But like they're already very much tied to being like the Cardassians, at least during the occupation, were Nazis. So it's like, oh my god, the Nazis did a horrible thing. Isn't that shocking? Like, is that yeah, kind we, of what no. we're supposed to be doing? Or well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm saying this this whole thing, which takes up the next twenty minutes, doesn't make any sense. Like, we already know that that they did terrible stuff. Yeah, and we already know that like. Garrick is like we know that Garrick's a spy, like a part of like the the you know, whatever, like that's not gonna be good. Like you know that he did yeah. a bunch of wild shit. So yeah. <laughs> it's like it's funny I'm that, just like, I'm watch- just having weekly uh lunches with my friend, the former Nazi spy. I really hope he didn't do anything bad. <laughs> yeah, no, this is um Bashir is in Argentina and just like <laughs> Just yeah. having lunch every with uh, his uh, every German friend with, with his with his friend Wolfgang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's so he's so mysterious. Isn't yeah. he charming? Wolfgang von Murderer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, hey, you love who you love, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to back away from Bashir and Garrick being in a love relationship. Like, I'm just saying. That sounds like, I want from Bashir. Remember that Garrick is like, it, like one of the worst, one of the worst beings on that show. I know he is, but he's I mean, like such a fucking great character. Yes, he is very charming. He's, but he's like, also uh, one of the worst people on the show. Like just like, like they, categorically, they like... needed they needed at the end of the the series to do like a Hans Landa thing to him and just like carve it, <laughs> carve like a Nazi like a swastika into his forehead, like just so that everyone remembers. And, like like you're gonna you're gonna go back to Earth and you're just gonna be a, a shop owner, right? No one's gonna know what you did here. Yep. Well, I can't abide by that. <laughs> can't abide by that. Okay, anyways. <laughs> um, God. All right, where were we? Whew. Um, Bashir takes him uh, or starts treating him, uh, you know, for for what's going on. Odo's like, hey, um, I know your buddy's sick and all, but uh, feels like a great time for me to interrogate him <laughs> and try to get some information. Uh, I really like that Bashir was being defensive and like protective of his boyfriend of like, no, he is sick, damn it. And I'm taking care of him. You are not getting near him while I'm still the doctor around here. Just <laughs> very, very, very defensive and uh, protective, uh, which I appreciate. It never came up again. Like, uh, like Garrick Spider, like, oh, well. We'll not. We'll just not worry about those four cases of. of no, I mean, uh, Odo. Odo. At the end, uh, Garrick is. Or uh, yeah, Garrick is like, yeah, I had a conversation with Odo, but like, it's a very like yada yada yada. <laughs> kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Odo's like, I'm gonna keep my eye on you. It's like, okay, weren't you already keeping your eye on him from the <laughs> like from the beginning? Like, what are you talking about here? Um, but anyway, so we get this montage of uh, Bashir spending all these days in uh, in Garrick's quarters familiarizing himself with the with the layouts so that's very nice i i just think that it's very very uh charming and very very uh wonderful uh that he's such a sweet supportive uh protective boyfriend uh just you know just watching over him it's, someone to watch see, over me you know here's the thing julian does this with all of his patients because he's trying to fuck see. them all like <laughs> 
this is a this is a there's real... like like in terms of like queerness on the show like there's a huge case to be made that uh it's not necessarily that bashir is straight or gay he's just very much attracted to his patients like that's his sexuality is i'm attracted to my patients is, it doesn't no, matter i'm just no. attracted to my patients no his really really has a kink for the doctor patient dynamic his sexuality is being very attracted to himself that too I, okay that's fair his yeah his sexuality is narcissism and whoever is going to play into that he's into it that's fair this is a real um i've been season five where it's like <laughs> uh, um when, when, when Doc has to bring Sally back to Don's place and Sally's, Sally's talking to Don like she knew where the peanut butter was she's yeah. like she knew you had peanut butter he's like everybody has peanut butter she knew where it was like it's you know it's not that hard to find type of a thing like that's Julian in Garrick's apartment like yo yeah. Julian knew where the peanut butter was uh, what's up <laughs> uh, okay so anyways uh, Garrick starts having withdrawals Uh drug withdrawals because that's a fun thing to watch i guess Drugs are bad. um okay so here's the thing i'll let you cook in a second um was this incredibly dramatic yes it was uh was this episode an opportunity to to let an actor act uh yes it was uh did i enjoy every second of garrick doing his thing absolutely andrew robinson so enjoyed you in this episode big fan uh it was fun it was it was um it didn't quite veer into campiness but it very much was seen chewing uh it was very just like you know really really doing the the work right uh the camera angles were like handheld and like right up in in everyone's face there were some long takes which was great like it was just like all like you know, we're really, really trying to put you in the uh, in the experience of this person going through drug withdrawals. Uh, it worked on me. I'm I'm just going to say it worked on me. Uh, you know, sign me up for drugs or whatever. Uh, I don't think that's the message that they were trying to convey. But like, just everything about that scene, I loved. Okay, now you can say. <laughs> well, I appreciate <laughs> you already knowing what I'm going to say, and then just like jumping ahead of everything. But uh, no, it's all about balance, Trek. Matthew. We don't all have we don't have to agree on everything on every episode. No, we don't. We don't. But uh, you like you went against all of my points before I was able to say any of them <laughs> because you know we did a pre-show and then you decided you were gonna like try to knock them all down, but you can't because so here's the thing. Go right. Star Trek, Star Trek loves to do capital A acting episodes. Yes, they do for for their actors because yes, their actors. Do. Listen, here's the thing. In, the, in 2023, and for the last 10 years or so, um, there's the, the prestige television thing, yes. and they get movie actors to come play in TV. Yes. And they do these prestige shows, and it's like, wow, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are in True Detective. We've got Reese Witherspoon and Meryl fucking Streep, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, there was a time, a long time, most of the time in Hollywood, there were TV actors, and then there were real actors. And the and real actors were the, the two cross. The real right. actors were the movies, and the, and you would not get a real actor onto TV. No. What if they ever like did like a random thing? 
it was usually someone who had made the leap like george clooney comes back for friends or whatever i didn't watch it and you know like to do that but he started on er um like you have people who can make the jump and golden girls sorry but most of them don't make the jump because they're not good they don't have what it takes you don't have what it takes kid how do i say they're not good at acting so much and star trek loves to give those people time where they can go ahead and cook and the thing is is that they really can't and it's in the the episodes that always make me uncomfortable i'm always uncomfortable (laughs) in like a capital a acting episode usually that's in the holodeck and it's it makes me double uncomfortable because it's like costumes and they, they try to throw on like an accent or some shit yeah and that's always a disaster sure always a disaster like Bashir every time Bashir tries to act on this series it's the worst oh no 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 no. he should not act like he yeah yeah yeah. that that should not be a thing and listen Andrew Robinson we we haven't we haven't even gotten to the episode where he becomes old yet right that's later we got to the episode where he was like possessed by that guy sure but the episode where he he gets old is a crime against humanity oh my god anyways keep going anyways so here we got like a guy who's better but it's still like a fucking soap opera. It turns the whole show into, oh, oh my, oh my god, you know. Oh, it's it's vi- it's incredibly hidden drama for sure. The tremors are getting me. <laughs> what I made these poor decisions in the past, and now I'm suffering the consequences. Yeah. Where did I? Where do I reap what I had? Pra sowed. <laughs> okay. You know, like they're just doing. <laughs> doing this whole thing it's like okay wow goddamn like the writing is so like over the top and then the acting is so over the top it yeah it's tv like, i'm a little yeah. i'm just like a little embarrassed this one wasn't as bad as like a bashir one or sorry uh call meanie trying to act like it's not it's not something like that where he tries to do yeah. the character and no it's i fucking disaster like there was stuff. there was one episode on TNG where like he was also like you know the the possessed thing is very very common in sci-fi and particularly in Star Trek but it was where like I think it was Deanna um uh O'Brien and someone else were like all possessed or something uh and I like that was like okay cuz it was Miles just like hey just like act like a gangster or whatever and, and like call me it was like okay I, I got it was that the but, one where he was wearing the eye patch, or was he wearing the eye patch in this? In no, that's the, this. That's his character. And uh, oh, that's the smiley or whatever. No, that's or, not even smiley. That's the uh, uh, in the in the holodeck. The on the holodeck. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're about to get to some of this. We're uh, we're an episode away. We are we're, an episode we're away. Week, yeah, we're one week away from the be like, hey, be you but different, and then and they're all just like loving it and just like we, uh, seeing, seeing yeah, the well, big fucking ham leg in front of them and just looking to chop in. And we get to see bisexual Kira. Was Kira? Was this the one where Kira's like attracted to herself, or is that yes. the next one? Yeah, this one. Well, yeah, I think it is this one. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. we'll get to it. We'll, we'll we'll save that for next week. We'll get to it. Um, but yeah, I just uh, you know sometimes Star Trek does this. Yes, and these are the episodes where I'm like, okay, cool, let me move on. And with this episode, um, there's also not much within the episode to create like any momentum. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like it's a one note episode, and it's, it's kind of like 
sitting there yeah i'm like when we were talking about the episode beforehand like it's a bottle episode it's it stays in one set except for when we go to an aberrant haynes uh home in in a couple seconds um and so it's like the story is very straightforward you know uh dude has something in his head that you know is uh need medicine he needs medicine right like it's very very straightforward he, he and even the, the scene the, with the nabra and tain it's like hey can i get some help and tain's like yeah yes okay here you go like th- there's not much in the way of like <clears throat> definitely not much in the way of external conflict you know hypothetically there's the internal conflict for both bashir and garrick in terms of bashir being like um you know who is this man why is he not trusting me yada 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 garrick for hypothetically um you know struggling emotionally with the uh decisions that he's made in life and like the things that he's done but like he's not really you know struggling with it like he's just he's just he's just on withdrawals like that's all it is yeah because like when he gets better there is no more like you know, fake introspection. Like, am I a good man? It's it literally like, how's the pudding. Like, he 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 doesn't care. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. But yeah, I I'm glad that we had different reactions to scene. I really enjoyed it. Maybe I'm grading on a curve. Um. That could be. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I think that there's, um, definitely worse acting in Star Trek. I'll I'll put it that. Oh, way. there's much. There's much <laughs> worse acting. Like I said. Andrew yeah. Robinson is in, you know, the top the top tier two of Star Trek actors. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it gets it gets rough. I mean, even like there. I mean, there's even episodes with Patrick Stewart and Avery Brooks. I'm like, hey, maybe not do what you just did. You know, maybe like that that happens. Well, like, sometimes sometimes Patrick Stewart like like really wishes that he was still doing like Shakespeare on yeah. you know like great the queen's theater or whatever like yeah. and there's times where avery brooks like i said feels like he's in like a 1940s 50s like civil rights play or something yeah. like that like yeah he's, like going he's trying it. to he's trying yeah. to be like in raisin in the sun or something like that and they they both can do that a little bit they yeah. just have like a charisma and oh for sure Gar- and garrick yeah. has a charisma yeah, I mean, that's one of the things is like, you know, Garrick as a character is one of the, in my opinion, one of the most fascinating Star Trek characters, um, period, just because of the complexity, the moral ambiguity, you know, what do we know? What do we not know? Is Again, it true? Is not, it not all true? Not complex, not ambiguous. He's <laughs> right. He is, a, he is an SS officer. Okay. As he, as the crew interacts with him. Um, they also know that he was an SS officer. Right. There are times where he does quote unquote good things on the show, right? Um, and there's also times where he tortures Odo, uh, which maybe is payback for this episode. Um, that yeah, we'll talk about that episode where he tortures Odo. Like that is really, really rough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I yeah, I think it's a great character. Um and the the withdrawal scene was i enjoyed it from you know from the standpoint of what it was um but i definitely understand how what it was was a lot <laughs> that's um right. i i love that this episode is like um blah 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 like he may have blown up a ship with like 100 people on it but the real bad thing is he was doing drugs 
Yeah, I know. It's like I, the messaging is so 90s. And like, I, like we're, when we were talking about the episode beforehand, like the drug aspect is like literally the least interesting part um, about right. the episode, you know, because it's just like it's just such cliche 90s drug stuff. So anyways, we'll move on from there. Um, uh, he's really, really going through it with the withdrawals. Uh, Bashir is realizing that um, there's you know, some other kind of issue going on with the device and he may die in the next couple of days. Bashir uh, runs off and uh, finds a neighbor in Tain, uh, who is a man that uh, Garrick uh, said implanted the device in his head. So Bashir's wanted to go to the source because he needs some kind of genome, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and he believes that that will fix Garrick. Uh, a couple notes. It was it was a nice little scene with Bashir and Tane. Uh, very little spycraft. Like the spycraft was like, uh, yes, I do know your favorite tea. Like, okay, that's not like, I don't know. I the way that the Obsidian Order is set up in the beginning of the episode of like, oh my god, like it's it's set up as them being more intense than the Tal Shiar and like you know anyone that's watched uh Star Trek TNG it's like oh my god Tal Shiar that's super fucking intense right um hell Tal Shiar like pops up on Prodigy and it pops up in other shows uh other current shows as well like in Picard you know Picard season one is like hey there's someone that's even more intense than the Tal Shiar uh and the Tal Shiar are already super intense so like the Obsidian Order is super, super intense. And the way that Garrick describes Tain is like, he, Tain is the Obsidian Order. And the way that we know that Tain is uh, is super spy is because he knows Bashir's T choice and his middle name. Like any good bartender. I, and, I, like what? I, I don't know. <laughs> like you roll uh, in like, would you like the regular? Right, exactly. Um, but uh, I do want to say the mug that the tea was served in, lovely. I would love to have that mug. Um, he uh, he tells Bashir, Elam is Garrick's name. Uh, the entire time Garrick was saying this story about his friend Elam did this, his friend Elam did that. Uh, and Tain is like, uh, never tell the truth when a lie will do. That's very much Garrick's ethos. Um and uh and yeah so bashir fixes garrick right up uh and garrick sits down and is like uh yeah i don't you know i don't really really want to dwell on the past essentially uh he mentions that he met with odo and odo's like i'm gonna keep my eye on you it's like okay i guess um and uh he sets up this uh new new novel new cardassian novel uh, which is about a uh, Cardassian and Klingon war. Accidental foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> this will come later in the show, uh, but it was very much an accident. It was not uh, uh, even planned out uh, that there would be a Klingon Cardassian war uh, later on in the series, but it's just kind of funny that that that's how it worked out. Well, sometimes you. Uh... We'll shit your way into a nice little storyline. Uh, you know, that is just my goal. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I want in life uh, is to bullshit my way into 
to us incredible uh storyline that's coming in season three and four um and then the show ends with what is uh a, a, i don't know a very uh well-known exchange between bashir and garrick um uh you know bashir is like i i want to know what uh w- which of the stories you told me which are true and which ones aren't uh garrick says my dear doctor they're all true Bashir asks, even the lies and Garrick says, especially the lies. And that's where we end up. Um, it's a great way to end the episode. Uh, it's kind of just like wrapping up the entire thing. Uh, what's funny is that, um, you know, getting ahead of myself, but in the trivia, uh, in the companion, Iris Stephen Bear commented on the feedback from the fans, saying that the fans said they were disappointed uh, because they did not learn anything about Garrick. Uh, and Iris Stephen Bear said that's such a misreading, a real refusal to see what the show is supposed to be about. So their reaction to the show disappointed us. Um, what a dick. Hey, uh, <laughs> I wrote this show uh, and he didn't like it. So you're stupid. <laughs> the refusal I mean, technically to it was Robert blah, 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 Hill, that Which, the by the way, is. as you notice in his little like snide comments, he didn't actually illuminate anything that we learned about Garrick. That was the point. We're not supposed to learn anything about Garrick. Right. So then so then when they said that we didn't learn anything about Garrick, and he's they like, right. oh, yes. yeah, you did. Like, <laughs> no, you didn't. You just said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, anyways, um, do you have any uh, last thoughts about the episode, or should we get into the episode trivia? No, let's get into the trivia. I, I'm a... Uh, like I said, this is like when the Game of Thrones people, when people were like, hey, um, that night battle scene in season eight, we couldn't see anything that was going on. It was so fucking yeah. dark. And then he then the 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 two the two dudes, the two bros were like, uh maybe you should maybe you're broke ass should get a new TV. Uh-huh. Basically. <laughs> and and uh, you know, I just need these people like I receive a bear. Yes. Y'all are making y'all are making fucking like uh, um like alien sci-fi show. Like you're not you're not like you're not like Dostoevsky. Like like chill out. Like uh, uh well, what they fail to realize is blah blah blah. Man, get off your ass. You're out here like putting paint on people and having them say wild things. Chill out. So I guess that means we're not getting Iris Stephen Bear on our show at any at any point. <laughs> Iris Stephen Bear, bring your ass out here and explain yourself. <laughs> I got some things to say. Okay, let's get into the trivia. Um, as I said, it, uh, it's the first appearance of the Obsidian Order. Come on, pod, Ira. Okay. Uh, when Tane uh, first meets Bashir, uh, uh, he calls the Doctor by his middle name. Uh, the only ever time, the only time that Bashir's middle name is mentioned in the series. Um, so check this out. Robert Hewitt Wolf's original idea for this episode was to have Kira addicted to battle stimulants ever since her days in the Majoran Resistance. But that idea was rejected because it would be too difficult to do subsequent episodes with Kira without referencing the addiction, and it felt like it could tarnish her character too much. Yes, this person who's blown people up is going to have her character tarnished for taking like uppers. Yes, to, to be able to liberate her people. Yeah, it's well, Ira. You know. Ira. Who's Robert Hewitt Wolf? Robert, 
we can get him on the show too. It's fine. No, we're we're okay with having people. Moralize the ass out of here. You look bad. She might have done drugs. I I think that the I think that the latter part of without referencing the addiction is like okay. I guess I can kind of see that because, but even then, it's like uh, no. Why do you see that? Uh, what's this, what's their face on Saved by the Bell was taken uppers. Their really? character, like you could, you could. I never watched the show. Um, I never watched the show either. But you know, there's that big episode where, like, it was like uh, taking Adderall or something. Oh, I don't. I don't this know. girl was like trying to get better grades, and she strung herself out. Did she get better grades? I mean, I would hope so. Okay, then success. Kira was trying to get better murders, and uh, you know, she did. So I honestly like I, all worked. I I did like a study group with uh with people in my class last semester, and some, one of the students was like I like outlining all the shit that she had to do within the next twenty four hours and her full time job, and she's like, "Hey, anyone got anything?" And I'm like, I, "I I mean, I feel like you need a lot of different things. You know, maybe the Adderall would help, but like, uh, I don't know. We got to like." There is way too much. Like we need to talk to your professors about not having them assign so much shit. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like who who can I speak to? Who can I like? What can we do here? There's a lot that needs to 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 happen. Ira, Robert, (laughs) figure out figure out who you want Kara to be. One day she's like the most fearsome terrorist that ever lived. The next day she's just like you know a little angel, you know picking dandelions. Figure it out. Okay, well, we'll we'll talk about Karen in a second uh, for next week. But uh, this was originally intended to be a Navarantine solo appearance, but uh, turns out the fans and the producers liked him, so he kept coming back. Uh, and he has some very very uh, crucial episodes in the future. There's a couple of story, a couple of episodes that are like, really? But then you know, there's other stories that are like, oh, complex yeah. layers. We needed, we needed to bring his big face back. Let's go. It's a big face. Uh, this is the first DS9 episode to be directed by a woman, Kim Friedman. Uh, you know, uh, we all we always love listening first. Did you hear that? Um, Wait, did you hear that? What was that? The glass ceiling shattering? It was the glass ceiling hey! shattering. Hey! <laughs> all right. Uh, the producers were job, so everybody. impressed with her work uh, that they brought her back to direct several Thanks, crucial episodes. Ira. Um, there's a uh an alien that's like at the end of the episode that walks onto the promenade that looks very much like a Jim Hadar, um, but not the Jim Hadar that we will meet in uh give or take five episodes. Um yeah, okay, I think that's all I had on the trivia. Um, I've already said all of my favorite quotes uh in the in the episode. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of fun fun lines. That were mentioned. It was mm-hmm. that was a good time. Good time uh, at the movies. Great How time. am I doing that? Back to back weeks, I've done that. Oh, you're addicted to certain other pods. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your uh, your the implant that's in your head is no, uh... truly. Do you know how disappointed I was that we were recording this on a Tuesday and I looked at my pods and like there were no new episodes for any of my pods today? Oh, I had to listen to a book. Can you imagine? 
Oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. Uh, speaking of the humanity, uh, we are going to be meeting a new, uh, 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 interesting set of humans, uh, or Terrans, as they Terrans. would prefer to be called, in next week's episode, uh, Crossover. This is the first episode on DS9 that is dealing with the Mirror Universe. Um, and I think it's the first time that we're dealing with a mirror universe since TOS because I don't, yeah, TNG never did mirror universe stuff. It's kind of like a, like a every other thing, like every other they series. Mirror, you know, they did, um, that one multiverse episode. Yeah, but not like explicitly mirror universe kind of stuff. And it's so like TOS did I mean, it, skip TNG. And then DS9 is doing it. Skip Voyager. And then Enterprise did it. And then uh, Discovery very, very, very much did. Mary Universe stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Well, some of it was fun. Some of it was fine. We get to see Michelle Yeoh be campy. That's fun. I, uh... Anyway, speaking of campy bisexual villains, uh, we uh, we get to meet uh, Kira's uh, other, I guess. I don't know what's the term. This is another, uh, with all due respect, person who's trying to capital A act. Okay, well, well, maybe maybe reaching a little further than uh, I. (laughs) Apart from the acting, I'm going to have a lot of comments about how bisexuality is viewed. (laughs) Uh, or at least queerness is viewed in Star Trek. Uh, I think it was Women at Warp podcast did a great episode on like how the mirror universe equates like sexual freedom with being bad. Uh, it's the we'll talk about. Well, yes, drugs and sexual freedom. How dare we? Uh, anyways, sounds like a good time to me. Honestly, it kind of sounds like. Some people from a particular young generation these days. Do you know how like oh. anti-sex a lot of young people are? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Why? For whom? There's I mean, there's a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of op-eds on this. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that is that's that's for another time. <laughs> but no, we're having uh we're having people are having uh terrifyingly little sex, just like real it's a real weird thing yeah and it's like but why though it's fun like what are we doing here you know uh where people where do people have their um their implants right now you know everybody's getting all their dopamine off their devices i don't know we sound like an old person yeah we're sounding real uh don't die back baby Okay. The best, the best thing that's happened to me in 2023. Uh, two of us uh, need to to go back to playing GoldenEye to just really, really reinforce our age. <laughs> uh, so, Yo, I'm talking okay. to anybody out there. Anybody listening to this? Oh, Ira, uh, Robert, <laughs> Joe, come out here and get your get waxed out here. I challenge anybody, anybody uh, anywhere, come out here and try on. to get me on multiplayer in GoldenEye. Can't be done. No one's done it. One person could do it. That was back in 1998, and it was it was Daniel, and he was a rich kid who had the game, and he was uh, it was a tough family situation. He spent all every single minute of his whole fucking life playing that game, and he was. I understand why. 
The only person who's ever been better than me at that game. Not one person in 30 years. Come out here. Where you at, Ira? <laughs> okay. I we need to get we need to we need to we need to close this out. Uh because no I don't I don't bites. know I don't know no why proxy bites, cowards. Like about, I don't, we don't need to have like Twitter beef happens. with Ira Stephen Bear over fucking Goldeneye. Actually, that would be kind of great. Let's do, let's do, like, let's like, yeah, yeah. Let's, I let's put that out to you. Okay. I want to be, I want to be hostile. I'm just saying that, you know, his quote was kind of dickish and I just gave him a little dickish something back. That's all. We're good. Okay. We, we can hug it out. Okay. All right. It's time for us to release docking clamps and pilot our tough little ship away from Tarek Noir. Hey, God job. See how long that lasts. I'll pop you right in the head. If you want to reach out to us with comments or questions, hit us up on Twitter. Our profile is at Tarek Noir or send us an email at TarekNoirPod at gmail.com. Only if, rookies pick Jaws. If you get a glowing ass. If you get a chance, feel free to give our show a five-star rating and a glowing review. Thank you all for listening. We hope you join us next week. But until then, walk with a prophet's child. Ira! Right.